Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. I know most of you that listen to us are probably getting ready to start your playoff run, so congratulations there. We definitely have a lot to go over from the weekend. I hope you guys took those wins and uh, running up the score right into the playoffs here um, and have a, a pretty good feeling for what the outcome of the playoffs are going to look like. I know in several of my leagues, um, that's the case. And then in a couple of them, it is not quite the case. So <laughs> so, so condolences are due in some cases. Two out of my 10 leagues, um, yeah, I didn't quite make it. So it happens to the best of us. Don't beat yourself up. <laughs> Got my main man with me, Vanda. I let the people. Real quick, man. Speak for yourself. It don't happen to me. Hush. I, I'm, I'm in. A, I'm in. And out of them leagues that you're in, that you have an issue with, it's the strongest league, man. But anyway, man. Fantasy things was going on out there. I also got my guy that I like a lot better than Vander, my main man, Bro Joe. Holler at the people, Bro Joe. What's going on? What's going on, people? So let, let's address the elephant in the room before we even get into the show, Vander. In our league of record, I'm breathing, but I'm on life support, and the family's discussing pulling the plug. Um, so that's kind of where we are at the moment. I had a little streak there going, trying to trying to streak into the playoffs, but I, I think I may end up having the life support shut off after this evening. I'm depending on uh, Nick Folk in Buffalo weather to bring me through, but my opponent has Bass from Buffalo and and Harris, the New England running back. So we'll see how that works out. But one of the, I would say, the leagues that I pay attention the most to is the one that I'm losing in, and, and it don't mm. feel good. It feels even worse when I look at the point score and I realize that I have more points than damn near everybody else in the league. I just ran into a buzzsaw every week. So luck of the draw plays its part in many cases as well. But you're number one in that league right now right preach <laughs> well I, I wish you the best represent for the pod you know we'll, we'll talk about the various championships that have come through when we get to the end of the playoffs here for all leagues involved but that being said we have a lot to go over with you today we have the reviews of the game uh, of the games from this weekend there are a couple of puzzling players that just didn't quite do what we thought they were going to do several injuries a few teams that are falling back to the pack and a, and a little bit of cream rising to the top so we're gonna hop right into it so bonjour kenichiwa good day a hola como esta good day mate utenteg and what's popping let's go ahead and hop into your news and now your fantasy news all right so let's hop right into the news we have several injuries that have popped up um, that may have a lasting effect on some of the playoff runs that are out there. You have Adam Thielen 
who has a high ankle sprain. Normally, when we see that word high in front of ankle, that equates to two to three weeks. So that could not have come up at a worse time if you're an Adam Thielen owner or if you're a Kirk Cousins owner, because Adam Thielen being out there kind of stirs the Kool-Aid, if you will, for Kirk Cousins as well. So Adam Thielen, high ankle sprain, suffered in this past Sunday's loss to Detroit. Yes, I did say lost to Detroit, just in case you didn't know. And he's going to undergo further testing today. We'll see what happens with that, but he could be out. He's most likely to be out multiple games. Yeah, they actually have a Thursday game, so Ooh. more than certain he will be out this week. Mm-hmm. If you are Adam Thielen owner, I wasn't, but I'm kind of ahead of the game sometimes, so I went ahead and signed KJ Osborne. So this kid has played very well when one of the two guys are sitting or is out uh, he's only 4% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Uh, so if you're in the need of that receiver to plug in, I would definitely go with like a KJ Osborne. He's definitely a big play receiver. He's one of those guys that he he's essentially a a young Deshaun Jackson almost. Um, he has top-end speed. Matter of fact, this is a guy that Joe talked to us about a few weeks ago saying that if, you know, Thielen or Jefferson got hurt, that this would be a guy that might actually be able to take you over the top once he starts getting consistent targets. So Correct me if I'm wrong, Joe. Isn't this the guy um, that the team say reminded them of Stephon Diggs when they dropped him? Um, that's ISM, the rookie. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but Osborne, like uh, Zay was saying, all the right things about him, man. He definitely has that top end speed. He can definitely take the top off a of defense. And Cochran, too, the tight end, even though he didn't do much this week, I think, you know, that might get him involved a little bit more because they more red uh, favor target. him. Yeah, yeah, they favor him a lot. As a fact, between Conklin and Thielen, I, I want to say that was the majority of the team's red zone targets. So right, right. Conklin may be that guy as far as, you know, he may end up with 30 yards, but two touchdowns or something like that. Who knows? Um, Logan Thomas, speaking of tight ends, is likely done for the season. So he just came back from an extended period of um, recovery. And now he tore his ACL and MCL during the victory over the Raiders this Sunday. So torn ACL and MCL, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but based on where we are in the season, we shouldn't even expect him to be ready at the beginning in, in um, September of next year. Nope. And it's a continuation. Look at Jordan Reed. Look at him, Rashawn Jones. None of these tight ends in years past can stay healthy, man. That's crazy. I was debating between uh, Logan Thomas and uh, Schultz from Dallas uh, to start this week. He ended up actually getting a few more points points than Schultz did, but he ended up getting hurt in the game. So uh, Ricky Seals-Jones is likely to be his replacement there for the Washington football team. A defensive injury, but I believe it's going to have an impact on fantasy as well. Marlon Humphrey, the defensive back for Baltimore, he's expected to miss the rest of the season. He has a shoulder injury. If we recall, they already lost um, their other starting cornerback. Yeah, Marcus at the Peters. Beginning of the year. Yeah, Marcus mm-hmm. Peters. So they're, they're now getting down to the nitty gritty in, in that DB room. And the most important part of the season where you need those guys who can play on instinct and not have to be told what to do. You need that, you know, that quarterback in the back, in, in the, uh, secondary, if you will. I don't necessarily know that they have that anymore. And their offense hasn't been necessarily firing on all cylinders. So this could be a huge, a huge impact as far as the playoffs in the real NFL is concerned and in fantasy and as far as fantasy implications are concerned. They're already at the bottom of the pat of passing defense. 
And this is a bigger blow. So now you got the likes of uh, Anthony Everett and Tavon Young, which are smaller. Uh, the Steelers, I think uh, not too long ago, they picked on that matchup with uh, Tavon Young because he's only like 5'9". So I think this is boding well for people who are playing the Ravens. Just the same as you would with the Chiefs, you can kind of throw anybody in there. It's looking like the same things for the Ravens, especially with Calais Campbell out. You got a couple of running backs that I went down. Uh, Kenyon Drake was diagnosed with a broken ankle, so it's safe to say that we won't see him for the rest of the season. Alex Collins should be available on next week. He had a, a abdomen issue that was going on. We thought we might have seen Adrian Peterson based on the lies that Pete Carroll liked to tell. <laughs> um, uh, Peterson was not significant at all in this previous game. Penny, though, who finally got out there, it feels like we've been waiting for him forever to actually get out there. He didn't look too bad out there, the few plays that he got in. Jeff Wilson Jr. of San Fran, he exited, he exited the game with an injury in their loss to the Seahawks. Um, his injury, however, was unspecified. So we don't exactly know what's going on with Jeff Wilson Jr., but we do know that he kind of stays nicked up more often than not, you can kind of expect, you know, his norm, if you will. Another defensive injury that could have fantasy implications, uh, Jamal Adams of the Seahawks, he had a shoulder injury, so he was ruled out of Sunday's game. Whether or not he will be able to continue for Seattle through the rest of the season or if this is just a one-game thing, we'll have to figure that out. San Francisco is Elijah Mitchell was being evaluated for a head injury, so um, hopefully he'll be able to get through the protocol and get back or they're going to have some issues as far as running back is concerned, because although they have quite a bit of them right now, unless Elijah Mitch is able to come back from the head injury, all of them are hurt. Sermon didn't even play in this uh, past game due to his injury. We don't know exactly what's going on with Wilson. I guess you still have Jermichael Hasty. They may end up having to kind of go back to the well, pick up a couple of guys just to have bodies in that running back room. We'll see how that goes. So. Just another day in paradise. Uh, they'll find somebody to run the ball. Not really concerned about that. I think Eli Mitchell will be fine as far as going to next week. Didn't sound like anything worth noting at this point. It'll just be the next man up, like it's always been when it comes to 49ers running backs. So yeah. That's how y'all find some of y'all best running backs. Somebody just getting a chance. Right. So. Some undrafted guy from right. Jefferson City Community College. You know what I'm saying? So they find someone. You got Mike Glennon that ended up with a concussion in the loss to the Dolphins. Um, don't look now, but the Dolphins are at about 500 since their defense is playing well again. I don't know if this will have any effects on their feelings towards their quarterback, who was decent, actually, on yesterday. They are, it looks like they're heading towards 500. I don't see them being able to pull the season out of the tank, if you will, especially being in the division that they're in. Buffalo and the Patriots doing what they're doing, but they are holding serve and showing that they you know, may have what it takes if given a little bit more time to get it together. So that's a good thing for them. Joe Burrow, he, he injured his pinky finger. It was dislocated uh, amongst possible other issues that may have happened with the uh, injury. I did hear from him. He was saying that he'd be fine. But one thing I've been noticing about these players, of course, they'll say one thing and it ends up being another thing. Yep. Uh, Jalen Hurts was saying, oh, I'll be ready Sunday. I'm mm -hmm. going. And that was like on Tuesday. And then, boom, he didn't play. So it's definitely something to monitor in the week um, during practice. I'm not sure. I guess you can play with a dislocated pinky. 
it, it can't be the most comfortable thing, but I mean, I guess you, right. I, you could, and they don't really have much of a backup. So Burrow with a messed up pinky is probably still going to give you better numbers than his backup. And I mean, he, he did pretty decent even after getting back into the game with the with the hurt finger, and then everything just went to hell in the handbasket, and and the Chargers took off. So. Miles Sanders injured his ankle on Sunday. He looked like he was in quite a bit of pain on the sideline there. Um, but he ended up getting hurt again. I, I don't know that he'll be able to come back this season just based on the amount of pain that looked like he was in on the side. And I, and I want to say that's a re-injury of a previous injury. Ankles, especially if that ends up being a high ankle sprain, that's three to four weeks anyway which is about all the time left in the regular season. And I don't foresee Philly going to the postseason. So I don't really see much of a reason for him to suit up unless it was just a lot more pain in the moment than the actual injury ends up being. Yeah, I didn't see it, but I'm to your point. Like, it's just funny. They they finally know how to utilize him. And then, you know, it's one of those things like Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is playing incredibly hurt, but, you know, he's playing, you know, he's playing for money he just earned. Miles Sanders just need <laughs> yeah. to chill the rest of the season, and hopefully they use with how they utilize him the last few games and get him more involved next year. Similar to CMC, just sit him down for the rest of the year. And you know what, Joe? You just said something that that's definitely um, a good point. What what tends to happen, especially in the running back position, even once you get paid, you got to show and prove because unlike other positions, your your money for the most part still isn't guaranteed in that position. Right. They rarely give you very many guarantees at all at running back unless you're, you know, cream of the crop and you can kind of dictate the type of contract that you're going to get. But running backs are so apt to get cut. It's not even funny. Like you can go from being top notch, best of the best to barely being in the league in a two year time span. Like, like that's how it happens for like even the best of the best. So even going all the way back to Sean Alexander, Marshawn Lynch, like these guys were went from best of the best seemingly one year to not having a job. Yeah, Larry uh, Johnson. Uh, <laughs> Larry Johnson, yeah. What Arian Foster? Uh, what, what was Demarco Arian? Murray? Demarco Murray? Yeah, Pri- I mean Priest Holmes. Priest, oh, yeah. that's my dude, man. Yeah. My dude. They don't they don't have an opportunity for a swan song. You basically got two seasons and we done with you. I, I tied early. I mean, he went from he went <laughs> from literally the best running back in the league to not being good enough to play for Atlanta at the running back position in two years. It's crazy how that goes down, but no other position do you really see that in. They, they kind of uh, allow the nostalgia to continue to to give you at least a a place on the fifty three with most positions, but running back, man. But when you have people like the Ernest Johnson that can come from you know selling insurance or whatever he was doing to putting up big boy numbers, why why pay those guys? You know, so it's it's a double edged sword is what it boils down to. Tyrod ended up dealing with a wrist injury. I'm not sure if the injury or the point total was more indicative of why he was benched, but or why he never came back into the game, if you will. But he suffered a possible hyperextension of the wrist in the game on Sunday against the Colts. Um, they lost 31 to zero in that one. So, I mean, when he was injured, you know, they were already kind of out of it and not showing any signs of life. So. I don't know if this was a let's let the rookie get some play or if he won't be able to go going forward or what the case may be. So we'll have to keep an eye on that, monitor that situation. I know in a few 
uh, super flex or two quarterback leagues that may be of importance. So we'll definitely monitor that. Corey Davis got hurt in the game. Uh, apparently he aggravated his groin injury. That's one of those things. Again, groin injuries, they don't tend to just pop up and go away within a week's worth of practice. This may be several weeks or the season for Davis, especially since uh, that was the injury that kept him out for several weeks prior. So normally a re-injury of that injury can tend to be worse than the initial injury. So we'll have to definitely see how that goes as well. Kenny Galladay injured his ribs Sunday. How, how upset are you right now if, if you're the Giants? N- nobody on the team yeah. can stay healthy. And I can really see them kind of, you know, starting over next year, like whoever just, the new GM is. Yeah, it just shows that they GM don't know what he's doing. At all. I mean, think about it. The skilled players that you have already current was enough. I didn't think you needed wide receiver. This team should have took that money and spent it on an offensive line. I mean, you had the worst offensive line in football. Yep. But one of the better running backs in football. Why not get him some help? You know what I mean? Why not get That's your young quarterback hurt. some help? Right. No line. <laughs> I mean, if you watch this game, I mean, it's like as soon as the, the, the ball is put in, in Saquon's belly, it's a dude standing in front of him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he can't even get what his foot in the ground. Yeah, like, where am I supposed to go? You can. I don't care how talented. You know that's why football is the most. It's the ultimate team sport. It really is. You cannot be successful without someone else. So no matter how good of an athlete that this guy is, if nobody's gonna block for him, you will never see it. If I'm the GM coming in, I can see some big moves being made off top, just to try to you know put your stamp on the team and also to change the mojo or the psyche of the team, if you will. I, I think a lot of people that are currently in that locker room won't be there because if I'm that GM, I don't want carryover. I might go as far as getting a new coach too. I mean, we already got rid of the OC. I mean, let, let's let's shake this thing all the way up. You know, I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to holler at Seattle, see if they're interested in, in maybe Daniel Jones and Saquon. Go ahead and send Russell Wilson my way and maybe a, you know, a, a pick or two. We'll figure that part out, and I'm off and running. They need a, a couple of players who are able to cover up deficiencies. And to your point that you just made, Vander, they don't currently have the staff or the talent to be able to cover up where their warts are. So they need to go out and get a couple of guys that can make you look a little better than you actually are until you are actually that good. And then you can really, you know, especially in that division, um, you can really get over the hump pretty quickly if you look at it from that perspective. But you need O-linemen, younger O-linemen at that, that are going to be able to grow with the team, and you need a quarterback that's going to be consistent. Um, you can keep the receivers that you have. You, they're kind of cheaper receivers anyway other than Galladay. If anybody else is willing to take them, I'll go ahead and move along from him too. They have a project ahead, whoever takes this job, to say the least. Sure. And I believe that about covers the news for today. So let's go ahead and get into these game reviews. All right, so let's hop right into these game reviews. Several games went as expected. Several games just came out of nowhere as, wow, did that just happen? Um, we start out with Thursday. We had a 27-17 to 17 victory for the Cowboys. A couple of things in this game went the direction that we pretty much thought they would. Um, if you recall, Vander saying literally for the Saints, Hill is the weapon. Taysom Hill is pretty much all they got, especially with Kamara being out. And that was exactly what we saw. 
until the tail end of the fourth quarter. The game was not um, in the same place score-wise as it ended up. There were a couple of fluke touchdowns there in the end, um, but it was a uh, it was kind of a knockdown drag out affair for most of the game. That's kind of what we expect on Thursday nights. Um, you have the Buccaneers that went up against the Falcons. That was a 30 to 17 victory for the Buccaneers. Uh, this game was kind of interesting in the fact that Tom Brady right now is throwing the ball more than any other quarterback in the league. Um, so just the fact that he can do that this far into his career is an accomplishment within itself. Uh, he ended up with four touchdowns, uh, leaning the Buccaneers to that win over the Falcons, which was an important win for them being a divisional victory. So now they are square in the hunt for what they want to accomplish for the season. Um, and you guys got anything on the, on either of these two? Zeke is, he definitely just sit down. You can see him running, like hobbling, running. So it's like. Even running back to the bench in between plays, he didn't look right. Yeah. So why even be out there? You know what I'm saying? I know he's very key when it comes to like pass protection and things like that. He's that's a, what I was about to say. That's he, why. He, yeah. He's second to none when it comes to that. Like you want to, if you want to watch a, a running back pass protect, watch his tape. Like, you put his heart into that thing on yeah, every like, play. He's another tight end out there or something. You know what I mean? So, But uh, he's hobbled. He definitely needs to sit down and get some rest. Uh, Dak is still a little shaky, man. I see he missed uh, C.D. Lamb on an easy run-in score. Yeah. Ball. The Cowboys, they won this game, but they still showing. I don't think when it comes to the elite teams that they can show that they can really get them out of there. The teams that they've beaten this year has always been teams with losing records and and backup quarterbacks and things of that nature. I think it's the tell, you know, the tell of the game. I think, with, especially with Zeke, he would need to miss at least three or four weeks to really be healthy. He seems really bothered by knee and some type of foot injury, and that's just taking all his all the juice out of him, pretty much. And Pollard is just that dude is. I ain't even see this one coming with Pollard. Pollard is on another level, man. The thing about it is, with that division, unless you lose, um, you have two games against Washington, unless you lose. Both of those games, the Cowboys are likely to win the division. So if not now, when are you going to rest? Or is it just going to be good enough to make it to the playoffs and lose? Because I don't foresee them taking out any of the big dogs without their big dog. The way the Cowboys are handling this just shows me Zeke won't be there next year. So they're trying to take that and that that that, that, that wash right. rag and they're trying to wring it out and get as much they can get out of it. That's all it is. They know they're not coming bringing Zeke back next year. So they don't give a damn if you go out there and get shot on the field. You know what I mean? He can hobble around. As long as he's out there, they'll play him because they want to get everything out of him. This is this will be his last year as a Cowboy. But if I'm the Cowboys, though, and I want to make this playoff run, and I do actually want to be able to run him into the ground, I need him healthy enough to be ran into the ground. Yeah, like, but you have to win games to be able to get the playoffs. Like, they're still not all the way in it. Which so, is why you sit him, because he's not effective. So if he's not winning you games – and he's not going to be able to help you in future games because what you're doing right now. And when I say future games, I'm not talking about next year. I'm talking about when you get to the playoffs. A lot of these teams that they may end up matched up against, if you have no run game and you can't keep them off the field, good luck. I don't know. They have somebody. I mean, he got his replacement. He's there. It's just that, like I said, they're just using Zeke for the things he do great. Like I said, the pass protection, things like that. So he does do some things great, no matter if he hobbled or not. Does that lead us to believe that they don't think Pollard can pass protect, which means it's going to be an issue for Dak going into next year? 
if 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 Zeke does end up moving on, as you indicate, is very much possible based on the contract and based on the way they utilize him. Uh, I'm not sure about Pollard as a pass protector. It's something they need paper need to work on more. But like I said before, Zeke is probably the best in the league when it comes Absolutely to this. Absolutely. So, you know, it's just one of those things like, hey, we got to use it while we can because he's not running the ball effectively. What else is it? You see what I'm saying? I can't think of anything else. He's he's not even much of a decoy because defenses are not afraid of him. I agree. If we can see he's hurt, they can see he's hurt. So it's <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, we had the Cardinals go up against the Bears. This ended up being a 33-22 to 22 game. The final score isn't really indicative of how one-sided this game was. James Conner, who is just standing in the flames. I mean, this guy may be another candidate for fantasy MVP right up there with uh, Patterson. Where you were able to draft him and what he's been able to do, how the Cardinals have been able to utilize his skill set without having him out there so much that he stays nicked up, which is what the story was always was in Pittsburgh. I'm very impressed with what Arizona's doing. Kyler Murray and Hopkins went right back out literally on the first play of the game and did exactly what they do. Uh, the Arizona did exactly what you should do as the team who has a winning record, who has higher aspirations. The same thing that we're saying the Cowboys should do. Um, that's what they did with their two best players on their team. And out of the three weeks that they set, they won two of those games, which gives the team even more confidence that, hey, if we can win without you, man, I mean, it's like the cake is good, but you throw that icing on top of it, and now we're really talking about something. I think Kingsbury may be in line for a possible coach of the year type of a situation with what he's bringing out of that team this year. He's finally got all of the – like literally every single piece he could possibly want for the offense that he's running, and he's running it. Again, I said the same thing uh, early in the year. Like, he, he finally got this team how he wanted it. How he dreamed it, he got it. Like you said, every weapon that he wanted, he got it. And they actually get another weapon back next week. Uh, Edmonds should be ready to go next week. They'll probably take a little load off of Connor when it comes to catching balls and things like that. So, I mean, this and team depending is – Depending on is, how your league is set up, Edmonds may be available. He, he Somebody may have dropped him based on the fact that he was going to be gone for such a long time. Um, right. In, and in, in our league, he was dropped. Yeah, yeah. I dropped him in our league because I, I, I knew it wasn't going to matter <laughs> yeah, for me. He has an IR tag on him, so I just mm-hmm. grab him, put him in that slot, and he's going to sit there on ice until he's ready to go. So Yeah, yeah. Might, might be a playoff push type of a play. We got the Chargers and the Bengals up next. Uh, this game was pretty competitive, and then it just went to hell in a handbasket real quick. I would give most of that credit to the Chargers' defense. Uh, but it ended up being a 41-22 to 22 victory over the Bengals in Cincinnati. I, I don't know if I want to say it was indicative of what I thought I would see because I thought the Bengals would give a little bit more fight, if you will. But some of the plays that took place, they were just flukes. Like one of the interceptions that Burrow threw should have actually been a touchdown to Chase. Um, but he he bobbled the ball, and then after he bobbled it, he 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 kind of tossed it up in the air, giving the defender an opportunity to grab it when the ball literally hit him in his hand, and he was ahead of the defender by a good two and a half yards. He wasn't going to get caught. That would have been like a 60, 70-yard bomb touchdown, something like that. Um, and then there was another play where there was a fumble by Mixon that it, it, it looked like a – 
it looked like some type of a how would I say a comedy reel or something the way it happened. It was just like did, like was that on purpose? Like was this a a part of a plan or something? It just looked weird the way it happened. But I, I want to say that was a fumble, and then that might have actually been ran back. The prognosis for the Bengals will go as far as Burrow's health takes them. They're still in the hunt to do all the things that they set out to do. We'll see how that ends up working out. Um, their entire division, e- each team in that division has its own set of issues that needs to be worked out. So it's going to boil down to whoever can get their stuff together the quickest. So the, again, the Chargers and the Bengals, that was a 41 over 22 for the Chargers. I enjoyed this game. I didn't get a chance to watch a lot, but I was watching it for fantasy implications because I got Mike Williams, and I'm glad he came back to life. But Keenan Allen had those perfect two touchdowns. Yeah, I like this uh, <laughs> offense. Just like what I was saying with Lamb, Lamb is just giving this New Orleans look to this thing, and I feel like it finally came a hold once Eckler uh, came back and got strong. Man, it was a good outing. And then with Burrow, Burrow went from ha- averaging at least two touchdowns a game to like the last four getting like one passing touchdown a game. And Jamar Chase, even though he's on pace to have a stellar season, people have been able to minimize his um, effect on the field. But also then, too, Higgins is balling. Yeah, he 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 had like 14 targets last game. You seen the Higgins that you saw last year again now. You had the Vikings lose to the Detroit Lions. So the Lions got their first win of the season over the Vikings, 29 to 27. Um, in my opinion, man, the, the Lions, man, they, they really – I like their coach. I don't think they have the talent that they need yet, but they they fight for that guy. Every game, every quarter, they've been in a lot of the games that they've lost. Um, so I like what I'm saying from the Lions. They'll be able to – definitely uh, foster quite a bit more talent from the draft. The GM is going to determine how far they go, but they'll definitely have a high enough draft picks that they will be difference makers going into next year, adding to what they already have. So again, that was a 29-27. You had the Giants and Dolphins in a victory for the Dolphins with a 20-point to 9-point victory. The Dolphins are kind of heading in the right direction, and the Giants, the writing is on the wall. So the players won't do it, but based on you know some of the things that are going on higher up, they're they're jockeying for draft position at this point because they know they have a lot that they need in this offseason. And then you have the Eagles and Jets. The Eagles, 33 points. The Jets, 18 points. Sanders got hurt in this one. Wilson did okay he's he's coming along we'll see what we got uh going forward with the giants and with saquon's contract coming up if you are the new york giants the new gm coming in do you bring this guy back in i say you ha- you have to at least franchise him no hell no i'm just mm-hmm. saying the, that, the only I, reason I i'm saying that. that is because okay what we know about running backs is their shelf life isn't that of most other players by the time the rest of the team gets right he's gonna be done anyway and because he's a running back and he realizes this he knows that he really probably only has one more contract what i can't do as the new gm is kowtow myself to a guy that i'm not gonna be able to count on when i may be able to get a few picks for some younger guys that i will be able to count on and as we always say rest ability is availability that's and right. He's right. normally not available. So 
I'd rather go out and attempt to find my James Robinson. My hell, you can literally go out and get the Ernest Johnson. I, g- give me somebody that that's going to be there that that I can count on. At least if you do but, get hurt, I don't have millions of dollars invested. But, like but that makes that, sense. I, I, that make makes sense. sense what Joe is saying. Then you franchise tag him because you're not invested. You only have him for one year. Mm-hmm. But and then you speak of Dearness Johnson. Dearness mm-hmm. Johnson's are behind the best office line in football. You, you think Dearness Johnson is going to be Ernest Dearness Johnson in New York? No, no, no. I, I don't think so, he'll put up the same numbers. But what I'm saying is, for that particular position, and because you need so much of everything, I don't want to tie up the amount of money that I would have to pay him for that particular position when I know I'm not winning anything. I, ha- I have too many holes to fill. Like if if I'm a if I'm a team that's about to that that's that one player away from like if I'm Miami, I would go after Saquon. If I'm Miami, I think I think you can go from where you are to where you want to be with that type of guy as long as he stays healthy and, and you have a much better offensive line than the Giants. I have to be within a two year window of of doing something. In order to, to, and if I franchise them, that means I'm planning on letting them go the following year, or I'm really paying out the ass for them. I made a point earlier to say this dude has no run, no running lanes, anything like that. Look mm-hmm. what Detroit just did this offseason. Look what Kansas City just did this offseason. Yeah. You can put a majority, because like, I like still the left side of the football field. I like what they did with the left side of O line. You just need to put money, considerable money, into the offensive line. Not saying it's going to do a remarkable amount of difference. Mm-hmm. But I think we can get a lot more of him year two from the injury, not saying a super elite level, right. but I think he'll be much further along where he is now based on his profile, athletic profile. And like you said, they got the wide receivers. I think they got the tight end. Well, he's going to be gone, but had he been, you know, playing they, they, but they, better, remember they got, um, they got Rudolph though. Rudolph. So, yeah. Rudolph. Yeah, is still so they had, he got to do. Yeah. He'll oh, still he's be done. There, even though Ingram, in, Ingram, Ingram will is, be gone though. Rudolph is no one, man. He's somebody uncle, man. He's old. He just <laughs> did catch a, a touchdown. T- t- tight ends tend to step. He right. He, he's a red zone guy, and he can block. That I mean, you got right. enough wide receivers. You, you don't need him to be a pass catcher. Right, but still, you still gonna need somebody to catch the ball at times. Rudolph is there just to to mentor and all that kind of good jazz, man, and just you know give you something solid. And he's nobody you want to depend on. But like Joe said, I mean, you can fix this team within a year. I think like the Kansas City Chiefs definitely showed that. They revamped their offensive line, and they drafted well. I mean, some of their better players on the team are rookies on that and offensive line. And that's the thing. is so, like We don't know who the GM is and if he's going to be any better than Gettleman was. The first thing that Gettleman said in one of his original press conferences after taking the job with the Giants is he understood that he had to get the offensive line right or they weren't going to go anywhere. And here we are, what, five years later, and the offensive line has never been right. So it's one thing that everybody knows. Hell, we know. We ain't GMs. We know what needs to be fixed. But can they fix it is a question. Like it, right. it, We have a whole lot more examples of where teams failed at fixing it than them being the Kansas Cities of the world or the Detroits of the world. So, you know. Well, the, the one thing that's missing on this team is identity. Like, right. I agree with okay, that. Like, too. They don't like, know what they want to run a pass. Yeah, like what, what are what are we? Who are we? Dink and dunk. Once we pass down the, I mean, <laughs> once we figure that out, then we can put our chips, you know, towards that. Like a lot of these teams have their identity. Like you could tell the GMs that come in, they have a plan. Like yo, this is what we're gonna be good at. You know, in football, yeah. whoever control the line of scrimmage is gonna win the game, whether it's offensively or defensively. If your defensive line is just kicking ass, you're going to win the game. If your offensive line can kick ass, 
you can win the game. I mean, the Colts, you can see, showed that with this Jonathan Taylor push as of late. Yeah. The offensive yeah. line is just controlling the game. And then we've seen in years past with the New York Giants from the Super Bowl years and things like when your defensive line is just controlling the line of scrimmage. Like, we're going to control the game. So this team needs an identity first. And then they can figure out in what direction they want to go in. But they definitely spent money that they shouldn't have spent on the Kenny Galladay thing. And it's just been disaster ever since. So They have nothing to hang their hat on because, like you said, they, they, don't, they don't have an identity. You have one skill set of players that will go off one week and then look like trash the next week because you have a completely different game plan because you you don't know who you are. I'm, I'm wondering if with the new GM coming in, unless it's already on the table that you're stuck with the coach that you got and I don't want to hear anything else about it, um, a lot of times the way you get that synergy, if you will, is by the GM and the coach being on the same page about how they want to build the team. A lot of these teams that never go anywhere, it's because – the GM is buying the groceries and the coach is cooking and the coach is saying, well, I know what you told me you want it, but I'm going to use my own recipe with the groceries that you bought. And you basically just rigging something together. So mm-hmm. that's how I see the Giants. That That's how I see um, the Carolina Panthers. It's like the owner, the GM and the coaches have completely different thought processes on where they want to go, which is why I think the OC was just fired. There's going to be some, other changes going on with that squad as well. But that's when you see teams kind of stay stuck in the, in the muck and the mar when everyone's not on the same page. So just depending on uh, who the GM is and what his vision is, you might actually see a change at that top spot head coach with the giants as well this off season. So. And also moving um, to the jets and Eagles game, Gardner Minshew. I seen yeah, this man. coming. I seen the right on the wall. I wasn't surprised how well he played because this guy, I consider him one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the league. I'm surprised he doesn't have a starting job somewhere. I've always been a Minshew fan. I thought he was already a solid, pretty a solid guy. So I wasn't surprised how well he came in. Wasn't dinking and dunking and, you know, like playing scared like most backup quarterbacks. He came in like, hey, it's my play job. my game. You know what <laughs> I mean? So you could tell he was in on point the way he showed up to the stadium. You know, just like uh, some man from Top Gun or something. Right. You know I was about to I mean? say a so, 1980s drama. <laughs> yeah. So you already know he was, you know, he's on his Minshew thing. You know what I mean? So. Right. He came in. He, he played very well. Got probably one of the better weapons on the team involved. Dallas Goddard had his best game of the season. You know, had his best game of the season. Definitely, man. I think if you're the Broncos, I know. Uh, there's only so many free agent quarterbacks coming around this year. You know, you got Matt Ryan, you got everybody saying Rogers gonna go to the Steelers, Rogers gonna go here, there. Yo, I think if you if you the Denver Broncos and teams like that, and if you miss out on some of those guys, man, get Gardner Minshew. I I would like Gardner Minshew in Denver, me personally. I disagree, I, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because if I'm the Eagles, I'm not letting them go. You can have Hurts though, but you're not. But you're not gonna hand the keys to Gardner Minshew. Hurts is their guy, unless somebody else come in. They've never shown that Hurts is their guy. Everything that they've shown is that he's a guy until somebody decides that, you know, we're going to go a different direction. I, I, I just don't really feel like they've ever shown the confidence in him. And, I mean, that he, he's does he does he even have a contract right now? Isn't he, like, one year away? Yeah, he's just from, a one-year deal. So, so, I mean, Minshew may be the – I don't think they traded for Minshew for nothing. I, I don't think they traded for Minshew to be a backup. I think they traded for Minshew so that if and when 
they had the opportunity oh, to no, highlight no. him. They can say, see, I told you what we can do with a quarterback that actually throws the ball instead of run. Like, like I'm telling you, this this was a showcase. I don't think so. I mean, because when Minshew was available, nobody was really calling. Like, a lot of people was, like, looking past this guy. Uh, they didn't bring him in to say, okay, you maybe going to be the starter here one day. They didn't bring him in just to have a solid backup quarterback. But look at what we know. Like, like, like you said, Hurts on Tuesday said he was going to be ready to go, right? This wasn't a Hurts decision. This wasn't a I'm not capable of playing decision. This was a we want to see Minshew decision. Right. So why you want to see a guy if you got a guy? I ain't never seen nobody sit their starting quarterback because they would they want to see what they got. And they that only happens if you aren't certain who your starter is. So, I mean, I hear you, but their actions are, are showing me something different. So you think it's about to start a, a quarterback competition? Absolutely. I, 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 I see based on what Hurts may ask for and what competition may be, th- that decision may already be made. Like what we saw is that if the guy that you got on the cheap can run the offense as good as the guy that you may end up having to pay quite a bit to, why wouldn't you keep the cheap guy? Like that, that's how they won their, uh, their, their uh, Super Bowl. Having a cheap quarterback and paying for everything else. Their defense sucks right now because they can't pay nobody. So I want to say, uh, just to go back, Hurts got two years on this contract. So believe my last, I forgot, like, what Minshew's the one that's on a one-year deal. But I think also, too, with Minshew, being a backup is actually the best weapon in the NFL. When Minshew was the starter, second-year starter with the Jags, he bombed, period. You know, I think he is a capable quarterback, definitely. But I think he also is flourishing because, again, he's a backup quarterback that is well prepared, similar to Heineke. Flash in the pan kind of thing. Exactly. Heineke is a good – to me, I think on the other hand, Heineke is a a great starting quarterback. But the best thing is they only saw two two games of him last year. Nobody saw him coming this entire season. So at Minshew, we've seen where he was as a second-year starter, and he bombed. Same thing with Trubisky, second-year, third-year starter, bombed. He's doing great with Buffalo, but, again, you asked to be a backup. So then with Minshew, we got to hold the presser. With Hurts, I definitely think uh, my last point is Geno Smith. Geno Smith is one of the more recent second-round uh, quarterbacks that didn't do anything, and it was disposable. So I don't think Hurts is his, his job to keep. It would help him a lot more to pass, definitely, and open up the uh, the offense. But I think he really suppresses what uh, Sirianni can really do in the offense. That's another name I think a lot of people need to pay attention to uh, sneakily is uh, Trubisky. Yeah, I think Trubisky actually got something in the tank, man. I think he I just—I like, do too. I, I, I actually think he just got hooked up with the wrong coordinator, and exactly, and yep. wasn't able to, you know, what I mean. But the guy, the system that he's in now, I think is ideal for him at Buffalo style of play. I think but he'll that's never a, I, get to play though. That's the only no, sad part but, about it. But the sweet thing about that, right? If you're New York, you're talking about the Giants, and you're talking about these teams that maybe looking for somebody, offer they over. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Bring the OC and bring him with him. Yeah. You don't have to worry about learning new terminology. You don't have to worry about learning a new. You jump right in the driver's seat and you're comfortable. And I think that's a lot of thing that's missing in this game where a lot of these guys, they go out to certain college, especially you go out to college coaches and you go out to different people and you bring in these guys and you want to bring, if they have such success with this one guy, bring the OC with him. If you're a college coach like a, a Urban Meyer, right? Why your offensive coordinator ain't the Clemson's offensive coordinator? You could have put Trevor Lawrence in that job, and he'd have been day one out the gate, no learning, yeah. nothing. Everything is sweet. If because if you if you love this guy in his current state, 
bring the guy with him. Bring the, the terminology with him. Bring the system with him. I don't. That's one thing I don't understand about this game where they want to fit squares and circles. I, you know I can give you the answer to that um, that that quandary of yours. So, what happens is what we call down south good old boy is, network, the good yeah. old boy system. Right. So, if you notice, you get a lot of retreads. People that did nothing where they're coming from got fired, but ended up with another job somewhere else. Right. And it's only thirty-two teams, so it ain't but so many jobs. So, what tends to happen is between retreads. And then the guys that you think are the whisperers, those are when you go get these college guys. But then you normally not you normally end up not giving them enough time to actually implement their system. And Arizona, I feel, was about to do that with their coach. And this was going to be his swan song year, if you will. Most teams would have done it last year and they would have never gotten the production that they're getting this year because they would have been starting over. So a lot of times when you bring in, you know, this college guy or whoever it's going to be, you got to give them four years just to get the guys. Like it's not the the retread that told you in the interview that, yeah, you already got the guys that I can make win right now. So if he doesn't do it, you can just fire him and move on with life. Like it's a whole system that has to be built. And like you said, you can't fit a, a square peg into a round hole. So like like the offense, like, it's so crazy, like how all these things are connected. You're right. I get that part. But the OC in Buffalo, right? Mm -hmm. You know, he was at Alabama where he won a national championship. So this guy probably was the OC for uh, Jalen Hurts. You see what I'm saying? (laughs) You're right. Does it it start to make sense now? So it's like, why not go after this guy and put this guy in your system where he jumps right in and he can jump right in the driver's seat and drive the car? He doesn't have to take almanac home not almanac what's the a cyclopedia full of plays home and try to learn this and learn that you don't have to do anything everything is just smooth sailing it's an easy transition right it's, so it's still bring trubisky with you because trubisky and hurts are pretty much the same too you see what i'm saying so i think if you are these other teams that's going to be looking for new blood or a new a new system this is the route to go i think if you're denver i would like to see trubisky in denver i think he'd do it looked like Buffalo to me. Look, think about it. Buffalo and yeah, the, Buffalo agree. and Denver is a is kind of a mirror image in a way. It can be if you bring uh, I think his name Dabble. Yeah, uh, Dabble. Dabble. Got his first. Man, bring Dabble in. Bring Trubisky with him. But they already got the run game. They got the receivers. The defense is there. Look, you I might bring... I might say the same thing for um, Carolina. Well, hmm. What you mean as far as what? I bring that OC if I'm mm-hmm. the GM now. Now, this mm-hmm. is going to piss off the head coach, but I'm bringing in that OC because you got one more year to be the head coach before that OC takes your job. We bring in Trubisky with him. I'm going to give you your opportunity. He He's going to run the offense because he and Trubisky already know each other. We're going to see if this thing works out for a year. Um, Outside of that, he already has the go-ahead that the job will be his, barring any significant. And when I say significant, I mean like not just making the playoffs, but actually winning the game or two next year. Right. Um, something like that, but, but because you know, in, in Buffalo, you you don't stand a chance of ever being the head coach. So yeah, you know. if, if I'm if I'm a GM, this is how I will play the game. You know what I mean? It makes it just makes more sense. I think too many people, you know, in in life in general, people overanalyze things. Yeah, and they overthink things. And we've seen so many times where players that are good players end up in bad situations. I give you one quick before you move on. Namdi Asmawa. Oh yeah, this, this guy was the Hall best, of Famer, <laughs> the best corner in the league at the time. Right, locked down. I'm talking about when Revis is locking down. He was locking yep. down. You take him out of the system he's comfortable with, bring him to Philly, and he looks like a regular cornerback. 
You got him playing schemes that he's not accustomed to. You got him moving around when he was just a corner on the left side. So you can't – when you take these guys, you can't expect them just to fit in your world. Whatever they're great in, you keep them in that kind of situation. You know what I mean? So I think that's the, the one thing that that's an issue in this league. I can definitely see that. We had the Colts end up with a 31-0 to victory over the Houston Texans. Honestly, they didn't put up as many points as I thought they would. Um, I know it's 31 to zero, but I actually thought their offense would do better than what they did. They act, I mean, they, they scored, you know, a touchdown in each quarter. The fourth quarter, they had a touchdown and a field goal. That's how they accumulated their 31 points. But mm-hmm. I, I really felt like Taylor and Wentz could have like gone off. Like, like they did a good job, but in my opinion, they didn't kind of go off. You had Washington versus the Raiders. That was a 17 to 15 victory for Washington. You had the Jaguars and the Rams. The Rams 37, the Jaguars 7. I got to say, I love Heineke, and I, I feel like they should have gave him the starting job after the playoff game by itself. It wasn't necessary to get Fitzpatrick to come over there. It was good to see Gibson do well without a McKissick. You, I, honestly, I'm thinking this whole shin injury weeks ago was like a catastrophic injury, but ever since he had that injury, he missed, I think, one game or so. This dude has been on a tear. Like, we talking about mixing. This dude is, like, rejuvenated, like, mm-hmm. going crazy. And I like what Heineke said. Uh, we thought he was going to target McLaurin. No, this guy is so entrenched in the offense. He's hitting up everybody and getting it done. And then on the other end of that matchup with Renfro, can we say Renfro? Uh, let's say Wes Walker because I don't want to say Edelman. This guy has another 100-yard like game. I like it. Yep. Ooh. I agree. Dude is just getting busy, and they still have Brian Edwards, which I don't understand. He's like the biggest, most spectacular decoy in the world. He's a really talented player who's not getting the targets. I like their offense. Josh Jacobs, another person we I'm thinking earlier, he got a toe injury. This is gonna be bad. Dude is balling, balling and now, and now he don't got Drake. Oh heck, oh, and he can catch. I was surprised that Foster Moreau didn't get any more looks than he got with Waller being out. Cause normally the, the tight end position is kind of a staple of their offense, but right. he, and he really has get... a lot of touchdowns in the red. Yeah. He's, he's mm-hmm. a, he, he soaks them all up just two years ago. I think he had like four or five until Waller's two. And that's when top Waller had his first thousand yard season. So I was shocked that like you said, Barrow didn't get a lot of touchdowns in that matchup. The Rams and Jaguars went exactly like I thought it would. It's not really much to, to my opinion, <laughs> speak of in that one, to be honest with you. But the Steelers-Ravens game, we talked about the fact that these divisional games, you just never know what direction it's going to take. And in many cases, you know, it ends up being that knockdown, drag-out type of a game. We indicated that this would probably be one of the, you know, probably go under the, the total that we were looking at. But the Ravens, I don't know if they were just ready to go home or what but why the hell don't you kick the extra point to make it a 20 to 20 game um versus going for the two-point conversion and not only that but that two-point conversion should have been converted i mean we're talking about a simple two-yard touch pass and you win the game like both the both the the outcome of the game and the way it went down it was very concerning for me as far as the ravens are concerned because you're, it's kind of going back to the thought process that when, whenever you have the big game, that Jackson just ain't going to bring it home for you. He's a, he's an MVP. He puts up numbers. He can run. He can do all this, that, and the third. But it seems like when the heat is the hottest, he melts. And I'm just, I don't know. We'll see how that 
how, how that goes. They'll definitely make the playoffs. We'll see how that goes. Point out of Deontay Johnson one time. I've been swearing by him to the cows come home what he's going to do. And it's just remarkable. Less drops this year, and this guy is gold. Like He's just in that stratosphere now where it's just he's always open. He, he To me, he's, he's a remarkable receiver, and I think – you know, he's a short play every week for me in fantasy. Like, I, I love the opportunity to cash in on him. You know, a lot of people fell off him because of the 13th draft, but this guy is a great receiver, and numbers really show that he was going to do what he's going to do this year. And I think it's too late to get him in Dynasty. I don't think it is. And I'm going to tell you why. That's the perfect segue, Joe, for, for, for the thought that I had. I think that people still remember, for whatever reason, like year one in fantasy just tends to stick out to a lot of people that's what they tend to remember like even right now this guy still isn't considered as a wide receiver one which is one of the most consistent (laughs) wide receiver i had this argument with the guy that's in our dynasty league tyler lockett or deontay johnson tyler lockett and deontay johnson most likely will end the season with around the same amount of yards in any given year but Deontay Johnson helped you win each week versus Tyler Lockett essentially winning you a game and then disappearing for two or three weeks. Exactly. That doesn't that doesn't really help you. That that just handicaps you because what you don't want to do is sit him for the blow up game. So you have to start him through the two or three dud games that you know he's going to have. Deontay Johnson doesn't have that. I'd rather have consistency. You consistently get him double digits than every few games you just go off. So. That's the way that's the way that I look at it as it pertains to certain positions. I mean, I can only imagine in PPR, man, he, he's even more of a stud than what I see in the couple of standard leagues that I had him in. So he's going to be a guy that you can get next year the same way you got a Cooper Cup. You know what? No, he's not. And I'm going to tell you why it's not, because Aaron Rodgers is going there and his price is going to skyrocket. So you better get he's him now. Devontae. You better get him now. Like, like if you if if, if you're in dynasty, get him now. His price is going to. I'm 85 percent sure that's where Aaron Rodgers is going to end up. And when he goes there, those pass catchers, man, like all of them, are going to look. Stats fryer move right now if you can. Like like whoever the cheapest pass catcher that you can find for Pittsburgh, because if Aaron Rodgers goes there, Pittsburgh is going to the Super Bowl next year. It's game. I'm gonna just put it out there because their defense is Super Bowl ready. Their coach is Super Bowl ready. Their offense, as long as the, if they get Aaron Rodgers and then they spend their other money and picks on on fixing up that O line, they already got everything else they need. Uh, uh, way too soon prognostication. Um, the last couple <laughs> of games we got here, we got the 49ers went up against the Seahawks. The Broncos went up against the Chiefs. The 49ers lost 30 to 23 to the Seahawks. I thought this would be a game that maybe the Seahawks. Um, Lie down a little bit. There are no chances of them making the playoffs at this point. But no, they said we, we out there playing for pride, and uh, this is a divisional game, and if we can't do anything else, we'll be able to say we beat y'all. Same thing with the Broncos and the Chiefs to a certain extent. You had the Chiefs. They really didn't put up the points that we have become accustomed to, and the Broncos didn't even play the defense that normally stymies their offense um, with, with the two high safeties. They didn't they didn't do that, but they were still able to slow them down. They just weren't able to score. Teddy Bridgewater, I'm sorry. We we, we saw what he was in Carolina and y'all thought that he was gonna do something different in Denver. He's not. He has weapons. His weapons aren't the problem. But putting up nine points against the Chiefs, that that's just that, that ain't gonna cut it. 
I would if I did nothing else to find the Broncos, going back to something that Vander said a little bit earlier, worst case scenario, I'm going after the Trubisky's of the world, or maybe I, I, I see if the 49ers are ready to get rid of Garoppolo at this point since Trey Lance and I have had a year of tutelage or if he's going to remain there a little bit longer. It's just, it's not going to work. Like you got to get yourself a, an actual quarterback before you waste your money, you waste your talent and you waste your time with that championship level defense. You all, you have a running back, you have wide receiver, like, like you have a championship level team and you don't have a quarterback to lead it. Maybe if they can't quite get the money right in Pittsburgh, maybe the Broncos swoop in and that's Elway's type of guy. We'll we'll see. Um, as far as Rodgers is concerned, we'll see what works out there. This is where I interject in this particular game. Shout out to me for making that trade live on air when I traded Odell Beckham Jr. for Javonta Williams. <laughs> yeah, that's still kicking off. <laughs> that was so, crazy. So, so shout yeah. out to me because the it finally shout came it finally came to fruition and the vision. This guy, man, played extremely well, man. What can you say? Over 170 yards in total offense and a touchdown. Man. Might we, be we, a we, ring getter. <laughs> yeah, we we was this, but these are the kind of moves like fiends. We talked about this two three weeks ago, <laughs> but, but maybe more than that. You know what I'm saying? But these are the moves that you have to make in order to maybe uh, close that deal. You know what I'm saying? Down the stretch, yeah. Because the Broncos' schedule down the stretch is amazing. So and I he's mean, fresh. Yeah, he, and, he, and this is a very good Kansas City defense as of, as of late that he did this against last night. So we were saying uh, Melvin Gordon wasn't really playing bad enough to lose a job, but now an injury occurs. And now they're seeing this guy getting over 80% of the snaps. And how he That's all be. he needed. That's so, all he needed was an injury. Matter so, of fact, was it last week or week before last? That, that was that was the exact statement that I made. All he needs is an injury to happen, and it's right. about to be his job. Right. Like, and, and matter of fact, both of us got him in different leagues. I want to say within 24 hours of each other, uh, of that show, actually. I think I got him in like three leagues or so. And I set Patterson in one league. I, I actually set Patterson. It, it was a, man, I was wrecking my brain. Like, should I do this? Should I not do this? I always said, if Patterson go, I'm a star. Him, but I got the opportunity to start Javante. I've been waiting for this all year. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give him a go, and he right. did not disappoint. And, a, so. and I also had Jonathan Taylor. So now that he oh, has yeah. to buy, he has to buy next week. You know, I got this guys to, you know, what I mean, to just cruise on into the playoffs. Get you on through, unless the coaches are stupid, and then. Gordon comes back and they give him the same leverage that he had previously as far as touches are concerned, which I don't think they would be that stupid. But however, if you don't feel like you have anything to win, it it might be the, the same thought process as you were saying, like with Zeke, like I, I'm going to run this guy into the ground because I know I got my future behind him and I don't want him to get hurt or whatever. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But it this, might depend on whether or not they win the next game or something. But this, this, this off season right here, John Elway, your job. This, this is it. They get you know they right. got a new GM now. They they took that job away from Elway. Yeah, he oh. stepped down. They have he's an like actual GM now. Yeah, yeah. He's like the president of whatever. Yo, he's like the Tom Coughlin. The Broncos are on the cusp of being either really good or being trash so, for the next couple yep, years. Like you're right. They, this team is assembled pretty. I mean, they're right there. Like whoever comes in, this next coordinator, this next quarterback is going to be extremely key to see how far this team goes, man. So. But this guy has a bright future in front of him, man. The way he runs the ball, he makes people miss. That first tackler, you're definitely going to miss. You know what I mean? So he's – I like the way this kid if looks If not me. miss, you're going to get carried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
you saw that a couple of times. I was like, how many dudes can one dude carry? Like literally carrying three defenders on his back. Got yeah. three more yards. It's funny because certain running backs, and for him to have disrespect from the referees already, if you notice, certain running backs, as soon as they're within the grasp, the referees call for forward progress. Stop. They don't stop forward progress with this guy because they know he might get three, four more yards before it's all over with. And he normally does. It's crazy. Like I can't even I, I can't even think of who to compare. He's like a, a Marshawn Lynch truck stick and strength type, but he can catch as well. I don't even know who I would compare this guy to, but he could be he could be something special. Like he could be something special for real. Yeah, he's, I think too. Melvin Gordon's not going to be coming. I don't think he comes back next year. Nah, you're not going to pay him what he gets. His contract is over too. He only signed a two year deal uh, a few years ago, so that's going to run his course. So he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. So, but you know Devontae what though, time. he's he's a little you know long in the tooth, and 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 if he likes the organization, he he saw what happened the last time he put his ass on his shoulders versus eating a little bit of humble pie. He ended up fumbling the bag you, you don't want to end up as being one of those running backs that end up not having a job until somebody else gets hurt and you have no say so in the matter at all so he may want i mean his agent i'm sure will test the market and see what's what and i don't really see too many teams that are going to pay gordon to do what a six-round draft pick could do <laughs> for a whole lot right. less money like a whole lot less money we'll see how that goes we'll definitely have uh, several shows during the offseason as different moves are made and things of that nature go on I want to actually get a listener dynasty league together so that way we are able to maintain the same amount of enthusiasm through the yes. offseason dynasty definitely fits the bill for that. You, you never turn off your thought process of fantasy. Uh, that's why we consider ourselves to be fantasy fiends. Uh, it's fantasy 365 for us. So we'll give you a little bit more information in the coming weeks. If you would like to be a part of the listener league, as far as dynasty is concerned, uh, the three of us will be a part of the listener league. Most likely competitively. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure, pretty sure all three of us will be in it. We'll see how that, how that works out. I'll definitely be in it. And I'm pretty sure Joe will be in it. Vander, you in? You said dynasty. Yes, sir. You know, I, I don't play dynasty. I know. Um, but That's why I said I know two of us will be in. I didn't, but I, it's addictive, man. Really, for the type of player that you are and for the way that it's set up, I honestly believe you could be a very dominant player because it's it's free for all most of the year. And because you pay attention, you kind of keep your ear to the ground year round, you'll be picking up players that people are like, what the hell is he doing? And I just rebuilt you know. the whole team. Yeah, X point. I just rebuilt the whole team, and and like I could, I could have won so many more games this year. And I just picked up a scrappy team and just drafted well and played so the free agents. It's 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 a different animal. Your draft is literally how you're starting. Like like this is your team for the next several years. The the, right. the way I normally set them up is until one person has won three championships, the dynasty goes on. And you consider whoever wins the first three, not the first three, but three um, within whatever time span, you consider that person to be the dynasty champion. And then you go ahead and you restart. So we'll see some some leagues that may take quite a bit of time. Some leagues, it may be three years straight. Who knows? But mm -hmm. that's that's kind of how that goes. But you definitely enjoy it. it it's it's well within your skill set, even though you've never done it before. I think you would actually be better at dynasty than you are at redraft, to be honest with you. Right. Yeah, just just how I heard you pick up players and how you move players around and stuff, and how you get them trades on. Yeah, and I'm that's another thing too. The benches, yeah. like like it's every like the waiver and dynasty is pretty much 
all gone other than the players that other people really don't know about. So when you're talking about trading, you got a lot of pieces to work with. So there's yeah. there tends to be as long as you have people that are willing to trade, there tends to be quite a bit more trades. Like, like say, for instance, in our in our um the league that we've been in, Barry, if you only got two starting running back positions, but I got three, four, five running backs that are startable, guess what I gotta do? I gotta make some moves. It, it's it's the same idea, slightly different strategy, but you love it. You you give yourself one season and one off season in, and you'll probably be starting two or three other dynasties because the best thing about it is you do most of your work in the off season and then during the season barring injuries and things of that nature you just kind of letting it ride and setting your lineup it's not as much work to it during the season because again there isn't a new draft there aren't very many players on the waiver unless somebody gets hurt that are gonna be that big of a difference maker unless you just need somebody to fill a spot we'll we'll talk about that offline and um i think we'll be able to uh, convince vander to join the league saying it's how it's, it's it's for the listeners you know do, do it for the listeners you know yeah do it for the listeners <laughs> <laughs> I may jump in that league and, and take over, man. You know, this is me. <laughs> you, I mean, you might. That, but look, but I got to see resumes. Like, this, I, I don't want anybody in the league that isn't going to be able to be fully engaged in it. If you're not going to make moves. Well, if you you're already not know me, man. That's why I want you in it. Exactly. I, I know the three of us are fiends, but we want to see how many other fiends are actually out there that want that sauce year round. How long, so, how long, how long, how long has this league been going on? Um, this is year two, two of the um, of the dynasty that I started. In the other couple of leagues that I'm in, they're um in their first year. How many teams is it? Is it twelve? So y'all do. I'm pretty sure I do have some guys that's real lazy. And, well, yeah. you you know you know your boy in that league. Yeah, he told me he said he was beating y'all over there. He, he doing all right. I, I, think, like, I think he might make the playoffs. He, and then, and, I, and in my league, he's horrible. He's I mean, always he, been horrible. Like well, he can't. Well, the thing about it is, he took over a team. So yeah, he, he inherited. He took he, over Joe's team. Inherited. Matter of fact. I, I gave him a God team, like so. I, I hope. Oh, okay, that's took over Joe T. I gave him a that's God what, team, so yeah, that was the easiest was thing ever. Set up for success. When he so took Joe it took over. a Joe took a whole another team. Joe, Joe took a team from somebody that quit because it was garbage and turned it around within a okay. year. Okay. Yeah, I got. So, I will tell you. I'll tell you who I drafted this year off the show because you're gonna be like go crazy. Oh, I had man. a crazy draft. Yeah, he was talking smack like. Man, I'm killing. He said, I, I can't. I don't know what's going on over here, but I'm killing him in the other league. He's I'm like, and I'm like, you, you <laughs> know what it is. That was a hell of a GM. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I so made it super that. easy for him. All he had to do was just start him. <laughs> <laughs> he went like, he could have won way more games, but that's another conversation. Yeah, he went like eight and four last year, okay. or something like that. Something crazy, like ten. So y'all do, y'all do have an open, a open spot. I'm pretty sure it's somebody that's not keeping up with it. I'm pretty sure that there's probably somebody in there that that isn't, but we normally find that in the offseason. Because the, the other thing about the dynasty league, one of my main rules is if you make no if you make no moves or if you don't show up in the chat or whatever the case is within a three week time span, I got to replace you. Almost a month is too long. We got we got one dude that show up and just say I'm at you because he don't really trade, but he always have a good record. So I can't be mad. <laughs> But he show up and let everybody, hey, hey if, if you want to shoot something out there, go ahead and shoot it my way. Nine yeah. times out of ten, it ain't going to go down, but I'm at you. Yeah, he just stopped <laughs> talking after he say that. <laughs> okay. And the other good thing about Dynasty is if it's a good Dynasty, you got competition. You got rivalries. You got 
I mean, you got every bit of drama that you want to have year round that we see in our legal record for a few months before everybody don't talk to each other for the next six months. So it brings one of my favorite pastimes into a median in which I can enjoy it year round versus just having to wait for September to come back around. Because I'm be honest with you, around this time of year, I- I'm in the playoffs, but I-, I start to get depressed until Dynasty came along. <laughs> Because I know I only got like three weeks left for like my favorite game, you know, to be over. So, you know, that last game, even if you win the championship, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a low after that game, even if you won. Because it's like, OK, now what do I do? Yeah, I'm considerate, man. Consider it. But with that being said, if you want to get in contact with us, fantasy football fiend at IG, Twitter at fantasy underscore fiend for Facebook, fantasy football fiend family Facebook group. Reach out to us, message us if you are interested in the listener league. We'll start to compile a list, figure out how many players we're going to have in said league and go from there. I'm looking to do the draft in that league not too far after regular fantasy is over. And then you go into your rookie redrafts after draft season um, takes place. So after the real draft takes place, normally that same weekend, weekend after, go ahead and do your rookie draft, which is only you know a couple of rounds and you're only drafting rookies. So even if you haven't done Dynasty before, but you are a fantasy fiend and you will be active, um, the learning curve is not that steep. If you know fantasy, you know fantasy. Have a hell of a draft and build off of it and you're good to go. That being said, we out.